morning. I'm reading scripture this morning, and I forgot. So talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Lucky it's short this morning. It'll be a good one, I promise. Scripture this morning is John 19, 28 to 29, the death of Jesus. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Vic, uh, who led us in the prayers, it was um, one thing about when you do that is that there's other prayer requests that come in afterwards that can't be added. But uh, uh, we have good news. Um, we've been trying to um, bring over a, a sponsor a refugee family from who is in uh, Lebanon right now. Uh, their name is Solomon and also Nesren and their children, and uh, we got good news that they have uh, got uh, an interview this coming uh, March 28th at 9 a.m., so we wanted to pray for them as they go through the interview, and which means that their um, application is moving and is active now, so we're hoping to have them with us uh, sooner than later, so please join with me as we pray for them. Father, we thank you so much that you are a God of refuge and that you are with those who are um, suffering, that those who are hurting, those who need a home. And um, we pray for this family as they um, get ready for this interview, that, uh, that they would, would feel your presence, that they would know that you are with them, walking with them. And we pray that the interview would go well and, and that they would feel at peace about it. Um, and we pray for ourselves as we get ready to, um, to host them, that you would um, provide uh, for us so that we can provide for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So how much would you pay for a good glass of water? To me, it really depends on how thirsty I am. If I'm literally dying of thirst, I would pay almost anything. It's a matter of life and death. If I, if I don't have enough water to drink, I will literally die. We as human beings can only live a few days without water. The longest on record of someone going without water is 18 days. But scientists state that an average person can only go about two to four days without water before you die. So on the verge of dying of thirst, how much would you pay for a good glass of water? Perhaps you would pay $60,000 for this gold dust-encrusted Aquia di Cristallo. You see that? Is there, I think we have a picture of it somewhere. Yeah. That's $60,000, and it is just water. Or maybe you would pay 
$100,000 for the Beverly Hills 90H2O, <laughs> luxury collection diamond edition covered in white and black diamonds. Do you know who else had to pay $100,000 for water? There is a northern Ontario community called Shoal Lake 40. And for over 24 years, this community had been living under the Boyle Advisory. For those of you that are, are youth, that's a lot, think about it. That's longer than you've been alive. Imagine your whole life under this Boyle Advisory warning, which means you can't even take a bath with your tap water, right? So you can't drink the water. Uh, you can't do laundry with the water. So they would have to spend $100,000 worth of bottled water in order for them to drink and to live and to have that kind of life. And some of you might be thinking, well, they shouldn't have settled there then, right? If anything, they should find a place that had good source of water. Well, they did. But what happened was because they're close to the border of Manitoba and Winnipeg needed a source of fresh water, uh, they decided to build a dam uh, near where, where they lived, which created a, an island. Uh, where their home used to be wasn't an island, but it then became an island. And then they sent all the fresh water towards Winnipeg, and all the waters coming towards them were contaminated. So for over 24 years, they've been living with this contaminated water that they can't drink. Like, what would you pay for a good glass of water? If any one of us was dying of thirst, would we really care of what kind of bottle was holding that water, if it meant that I had to break it over, like the $60,000 or the $100,000 bottle, I just break it, right, and drink the water, because who cares what that thing is worth? Because I'm dying, and I need that water. We will do anything and everything to quench our thirst, because that desire for water is our body telling us that we cannot live without it. Good thing that bottled water for us doesn't cost that much, right? If you go to Costco, you could buy a 30-pack for like $3. So it's like 10 cents a bottle, right? Um, this got me thinking, though, how much does a company like Nestle pay for their water? You may have heard on the news about companies like Nestle coming into communities and taking huge amounts of water from the ecosystem and affecting not just the water supply, but what the communities that depend on this water. So how much does Nestle pay for water? And this, is, this comes from their website. In Ontario, they currently pay $503.71 for a million liters extracted. If you go to the grocery store, right, and we pay for a bottle of water, say we pay about $2 per 500 milliliters of water. So if you look, if you do the math, and I, I, I didn't do the math, I just Googled it, uh, and what the markup for such bottle of water that these companies have is 50 to 200%. Let's just say companies are making a killing on water, dying of thirst, making a killing on water. I am thirsty. These are the words of Jesus on the cross. And as for some of you who, are, who haven't been uh, with us, we've been going through a series called Any Last Words, and we're looking at the seven last words of Jesus while he's on the cross. And this week we're looking at 
the words, I am thirsty. Just imagine being whipped and lashed, nailed on the cross with the sun beating down on you all day. It is no wonder Jesus said, I am thirsty. It's obvious he would have said that, but there is another reason that I believe John puts in these words of Jesus besides the obvious. I mean, John could have also put in something like Jesus saying, I hurt, or I'm in a lot of pain. But why I am thirsty? Throughout John's gospel, the theme of water is sprinkled all over the book. We see John start the book from the beginning of creation, where Jesus was the source of all creation. He says, in the beginning was the word. We then see John the, baptize, uh, John the Baptist baptizing with water and pointing to Jesus as the Lamb of God who was baptized, uh, who, who uh, saves the world, and then is baptized by John. With the caveat that Jesus is the one whose baptism ultimately, ultimately saves. And right after this incident in John 2, we see, as Greg mentioned last week, uh, Jesus is with his mother at the wedding and turns water into wine. In John 4, Jesus is at the well with the Samaritan woman, and he is thirsty, asking her for some water. And in John 5, we see Jesus healing a man better than any water in the pool of Bethesda. In John 6, Jesus walks on water. Then in John 7, Jesus offers the living water to those who were at the Feast of the Tabernacles. Jesus has introduced this idea that he is the living water. And in John 7, Jesus makes the connection of the living water to that of the Holy Spirit. John 7, 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. The Feast of the Tabernacle was held for seven days and was set up to remember the wandering of uh, the Israelites in the wilderness, where water and food were hard to find and where the people would have been thirsty. And as part of the feast, the priests would go daily from the temple to the pool of Siloam. There they would draw out the water and pour it over the altar as a form of worship. And as they were doing this, they would recite Isaiah 12:3, that states, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Isaiah says the salvation is in Yahweh, the God of Israel. He is the one who is the living water, the one who saves. And Jesus himself is saying, I am that living water. So let's go back to our passage where Jesus is hanging on the cross and says, I am thirsty. Why does John include this? I am thirsty. Later, knowing that everyone had, everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. John writes here that so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. 
So then after a jar of wine vinegar was given to Jesus with a, a hyssop plant. And commentators aren't really sure what exact passage John was referring to, but the strongest passage is from Psalm 69, 21, where it says, They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. There's also a reference to Jesus given cheap wine here, uh, compared to the wine that Jesus made out of water, which was of choice wine at the wedding. One interesting thing to notice here is that John is the only uh, gospel writer that mentions the hyssop plant, which, which some commentators believe alludes to the Passover. This to me makes perfect sense as we saw in the baptism of Jesus, again about that water, when John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, look, he is the Passover lamb. So as Greg mentioned last week, John's main purpose of writing his book is that Jesus is to show that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, we may have life in him. So John uses the water as, as one of his main themes to help shape this fulfillment of Scripture in that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the Son of God. He is the Passover lamb that delivered Israel as, out of slavery and is the one through whom we are all delivered from our slavery to sin. He is the one that provided water in the desert while the Israelites were uh, wandering and is the one who gives us living water as we celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles or the Passover. Jesus is the Son of God who gives us the living water that will never make us thirsty again. And that living water is the very presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we walk with Him daily, being connected to Him as the branches do to the vine. Jesus is dying on the cross and says, I am thirsty. How can the one who provides this living water, who will give us this all-quenching of our thirst, be the one who is thirsty? The people who saw Jesus on the cross said something similar. They said, he saved others, but he can't save himself. What they didn't realize is that, and what we also need to embrace, is that he did not save himself because that was the very way in which he would save the world. He saved others by not saving himself. In the same way, the only one who can quench our thirst here becomes thirsty for our sake so that he is also with us in our thirst. As one commentator puts it, he must come to the place where everyone else is, the place of thirst, shame, and death. He must come to a place where everyone else is, the place of thirst, shame, and death, because he is the one, he is with the people he loves. He does not wait for us to come to him. Jesus comes to us in our places of brokenness, pain, shame, and thirst, and even death. So what are you thirsty for? We all long to be wanted, to be accepted, to matter, once you get past all your simple desires of food, water, and security, what is your deepest longing? What is it that you want and thirst? Jesus is the living water. You cannot find any other source of refreshment and thirst quenchingness than that of the source of all life. 
Yet like someone who is thirsty, drinking coffee, then drinking water, or a popular drink of our youth these days, the prime water, that's, that's a popular one. We seek out things that only perpetuate our thirst and only half satisfies. And I love this aspect of how God created us to be because he has created us with a thirst that can only be quenched by himself. That though we seek out after other gods and other sources of water, none of those things really truly satisfy. I mean, if we can't live more than a few days without water, how long can we live without being filled with the Holy Spirit? Jesus says, I stand at the door and I'm, lock- and I'm knocking, always ready to be with us. But we have a choice of letting him in. We have a choice of choosing from which well we want to drink from. There's a water bottle company called, or the bottle itself is called Berg. And this is a Canadian company that takes icebergs that are going to melt naturally and bottles them before it disappears into the sea. And this one, is, it was on the list of the top 10. It's not $100,000, but this one it costs $46 per liter. And this reminded me of my time visiting the Glacier Parkway in Banff. Here's a picture of me drinking that same kind of water. Uh, And this was from 2013, so this is about 10 years ago. And if you notice, I'm drinking the glacier water that's melting uh, with a Nestle water bottle. (laughs) A little bit of uh, irony there. And if we believe that Jesus is the living water, the one in whom our ultimate thirst is quenched, then as those who have the Spirit of God living in us, we are called to invite others to that same living water in Christ. But this isn't just something that's done spiritually, but also physically. We're called to provide not only spiritual water, but just water. Do you think think that water should be a fundamental right? Did you know that in Canada, only one province has it in their legislation that water is considered a human right? It's not us. It's it's Quebec. Is breathing a human right? Is the sun a human right? What if we started packaging those and selling those to people? If we need water to live, and we know we can't live more than a few days without water, why is it not a human right? As I mentioned before, companies like Nestle pays about 500 dollars per million liters of water, but did you know that that isn't for water? What the fee is, is a levy. So you pay the levy, and then the water is free. Well, obviously water is free because it is free, right? God has given us water so that all of us can drink from, but we have made it a commodity instead of a human right. We've packaged it and have sold it and have used it as a way of oppression. And I know there are times where we need it, and there are times where it's convenient, but it should not be a commodity. It should be a human right. And us who are uh, those who partake in the living water of life, who believe in a God who has provided free water for all people, are called to also support and to um, fight for communities 
that don't have access to fresh water. In 2019, Shoal Lake 40, after many years of fighting for a road to connect the island to the land so that they can actually have uh, um, uh, supplies to put in a water refinery station, was able to get that road completed. They called it Freedom Road because it provided freedom from the dependency on bottled water, and it has also opened up for other opportunities for that community. And things are changing. Nestle, company, the company Nestle actually sold their water uh, bottling uh, business in Canada. Maybe they think uh, there's, there's uh, uh, writing on the wall around that. Uh, and the Canadian government has a plan to end long-term drinking water advisories in, in um, our Canadian um, indigenous, um, what do you call them, reserves. But there are still 28 communities that have long-term drinking water advisories. These are communities that are dying of thirst. Do you remember in what other passage Jesus refers to himself as being thirsty? It's that story of when the Son of Man, referring to Jesus, comes in glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his righteous throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another, as a shepherd does, from the sheep and the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then he will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Then the righteous will answer him and be like, Lord, when did, you see, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When were you thirsty, and we gave you something to drink? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he says to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, in the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. Jesus is with those who are thirsty those who are hungry, and those who are strangers. When we quench the thirst of someone who is thirsty, when we can provide and demand for clean water as a human right and not a commodity, we're giving water to Jesus who says, I am thirsty. Why does Jesus say, I am thirsty? It is to help people see Jesus as the one who is with us. God so loved the world, he sent his only son. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus has come to be with us, not only in our highs, but also in our lows. Jesus has come to be with us because he is the Passover lamb, the one in whom we can receive the living water of life. Jesus hangs on the cross, dying for our sins and for the sins of the world, and is thirsty because he is with us in our suffering, in our weariness, in our thirst, and in our death. He shows us and frees us to a new way of life, that is found in death, a new way of living by caring for others, where when we thirst, we are reminded of Christ's presence with us and also those with those who are thirsty. As we drink from the fountain of life, 
may we provide that same thirst-quenching presence to others. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you that you are our living water. And forgive us that we tend to turn to everything else to satisfy our thirst. Yet, even within that desire and that search to quench our thirst, that it leads us back to you. And so, Jesus, help us to be reminded of that when we start straying, when we start looking to other things to fulfill our needs, knowing that you are the one who will completely satisfy Yet we know that you've given us good things, that you've provided us with water and food and things in life to enjoy, and that you've given us those things so that we could be reminded of, of your goodness. And so, Father, we pray that, we, that you would give us the courage, the strength, and the tenacity that is needed to persevere in fighting for what is right, to do our best in not buying plastic water bottles to, to promote and, and feed the hungry and to provide water for those who are thirsty. And we do this knowing that you are the one that's making all things new, that, that we are joining you in that process, and that is not up to us. So we thank you that you invite us into it, and we take steps of faith and discipleship in living that out ourselves. So thank you, Jesus. And we pray all of this in your name. Amen.